Welcome to a very special episode, our first inaugural episode of the Comic Book Strategic Investment Podcast. I'm here with the godfather of encapsulation, the founder of CBCS, Steve Borak. Steve, will you please introduce yourself to our live audience? Hi, how's everybody doing? I hope you're doing well out there and staying safe, and it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. Steve, I, uh, for those who are, are not familiar with what you're doing and uh, how you've uh, developed a, a career in comics, I'd like to talk a little bit uh, at the onset about um, how uh, you were integrally involved in those early efforts uh, to start third-party grading. Um, can you kind of uh, tell people uh, a little bit about uh, your background in comics and and how uh, third-party grading began sure i mean to make it short and sweet about my history in comics we're reading comic books since i can remember my father was bringing them home for me before i could read um just and fell in love with them uh as a uh, uh later on in life i started collecting and reading of course um and wanted to figure out a way to support my habit, just like everybody else. Uh, set up my first Phil Suling marketplace. They weren't called conventions; they were called marketplaces, and they were in a you know small lousy hotel in New York, you know, in the ballroom. And um, you know, I, I was able to afford half a table, and split it with my friend Ricky Feldman, and started buying and selling books. Uh, not making a lot of money, just helping support my habit. Uh, you know, I'd make some money and I'd go buy a Tal Spence 57 or something that I needed, you know, that I've never read and thought was really cool. Um, I became uh, one of the top collectors in the world at one point. And uh, I've Let's owned people kind of a, an idea of what that means. Um, well, well, I got a lot of uh, feedback on my end. I apologize for that. Okay. Um, well, uh, being a top collector, you know, I was. I, I have owned two action ones in my time. I've owned the Flash one, um, Edgar Church Mile High copy, the Morphin 52 for Spectre, um, Edgar Church Mile High copy. At the time when I bought it, uh, it was the most wow. ever cash paid for a comic book, $115,000, a little over four times price guide. Um, and uh, I was buying and selling comic books at shows uh and uh then around 99 this group uh came to me because uh i was recommended by some of the top dealers and some of the top collectors as somebody honest who could grade and who could tell restoration and they told me they were going to put comic books in plastic and i said that doesn't make any sense you know it sounds like a scam to me um then they explained how it worked in cards and coins and how it's helped the market and mostly helped collectors at the end of the day um not get ripped off uh i've always said that ebay back then was the wild west you would get a book that somebody said was a vf or fine or whatever but it had restoration and they didn't disclose it or it was missing a centerfold uh, my friends and i were all getting ripped off uh they wouldn't accept returns um 
or they would argue with you that it's not restored, that kind of thing. Uh, I started grading uh, with Christie's and with Sotheby's when they had auctions back in the day. Um, but like I said, I got tapped for our competition uh, to help not only advise on how to open it, but to sell it, which was really tough. I mean, even some of my best friends said, Steve, we'll never use this service. Um, people were raging against it. Um, what year was this? Uh, that was 99 and 2000. Um, uh, the first certified books went out in January of 2000. And uh, some of the smart people came on board right away. Uh, but then it took the Greg Manning auction where prices exploded on certified books. Uh, I mean, crazy. Uh, something like Canteen Kate number one, uh, the Edu Church Mile High copy went for something like 18 times guide. It was crazy. Nobody ever expected that. Um, and uh, it just snowballed in into all the, almost all the dealers and many high-end collectors saying they only want certified books. Um, the, uh, you know, it, it, it is a double-sided uh, coin, of course, because now that books are being sold in plastic holders, uh, the new generation isn't being brought up the same way that we did on learning how to grade correctly. Um, we didn't have certification. We had to, you know, learn how to detect restoration. We had to learn that you have to count pages, all this stuff. And this is all being done for you already through certification. So uh, I'm not sure how the next generation of collectors are going to be able to buy raw books correctly. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a it's the best. Uh, Was it that uh, basically I call it the house the good housekeeping seal of approval when you get a book, you know that's certified. You know that the pages have been counted. You know it's been checked for restoration. You know that the grading standards are set correctly. Uh, using the Overstreet standards and the standards that the highest uh, dealers and the highest collectors use uh, because we integrated all that into the grading system. Uh, but it was a really tough sell. And um, but once it popped, it really popped, as you as you know. Um, and uh, we in, we invented things like the signature series program and things like that. People want their books signed. Uh, when I was growing up, we had them sign the, the bottom of the first page. So you know, I got Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, people like that to sign the first page, and they were they weren't charging any money back then. They were just. And I apologize for, uh, yeah. for interrupting. Will you tell people what the impact of uh, a signature on the inside cover is compared to uh, a signature on the cover when you grade books? Well, I mean, if it's a witnessed signature or if it's a verified signature through BAS, um, there's no impact on grade. If the signature fails or it's not a witness signature, we downgrade for signatures. Not so much on the first page because it doesn't affect the look of the book, but when you have this gigantic fake Stan Lee signature across Hulk's face on a Hulk 181, you have to downgrade for it. 
um, it's a defect, just like if a kid wrote a name on the book. Now, uh, CBCS is the uh, only major grading company that verifies uh, unwitnessed signatures. Can you talk a little bit about that program? Well, sure. It's through BAS, Beckett Authenticated Services. Um, they've been doing this for a long time, incredibly respected, incredibly knowledgeable people. Um, and um, they look at the signature and they know the difference between uh, a Jack Kirby from 1940 or 1950, 1960. Uh, I can tell the difference if Roz Kirby, who was signing Jack's books at the end, if it was a Roz Kirby signature or a Jack Kirby signature. Um, they're just an amazing group of people. Uh, we would, you know, we wouldn't trust them otherwise. Um, they're very well respected, especially in the sports community. Um, you know, they do uh, rock and roll. They do, like I said, sports and comic books. Um, they're they're just fantastic. Uh, it's been it's really taken off the program. Uh, people want their Schomburg signatures or their Kirby signatures and stuff like that done. Um, and uh, those, like I said, a lot of those are on the first page, so you can't see them through the holder. So this whole phenomenon happened where people started signing the front of the, having them sign the front of the book. And uh, to some old guy like me, I'd rather have it on the first page and not mar the uh, artwork on the front. Um, if it's placed if Stephen King was going to sign my, if Stephen King was going to sign my novel, I wouldn't ask him to sign the cover. Right, um, but people call wanna, me a traditionalist. <laughs> right, but people want to see the signature, and I understand that. Um, it's uh, it, it's something to show off, right? Now, do you give people the opportunity to request where they want? Um, book signed. Uh, I know you guys uh, just finished a, a round of incredible uh, signature series books that were done in-house by uh, Greg Capullo, Frank Miller. Uh, I know I'm missing somebody. Uh, Don oh, Cates, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was so many people. And um, most people wanted to sign the cover, but what they do is they send it in in a mylar with um, a window cut out for where they want it signed. And so it's pretty cool. Um, they get the signature exactly where they want it. Um, and because it's in the Mylar, the creator doesn't have to handle the book and make it a lower grade while signing. Now, there's so much uh, neat stuff going on at, at CBCS right now. The uh, main reason that uh, I begged you to come on uh, the podcast with me is so that we could discuss the uh, census that has just been populated by CBCS. Uh, of course, uh, this is uh, a long-awaited reality that collectors have longed for. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, that uh, decision to go ahead and publish uh, at this time and uh, some of the efforts that you guys are making to clean it up and, and make it uh, as close to perfect as you can? Sure, I mean, we launched it, um, I, boy, uh, yesterday? And, um, you know, there's gonna be some problems, you know, but we have a button that says report a problem. So if your book's not on it, you can send us your, you know, the, the book number. Uh, uh, you know, every book gets its own separate number. 
and we'll put it on the registry. Uh, if there's duplicates, you can report that um, because there's, you know, whatever you're dealing with programming, there's always some problems, but people have been clamoring for it. So we decided, you know, let's go for it. It took a long time to do, um, but also the reason we didn't want to launch it too early is because it's not fair to show, you know, if we launched it our first year, um, and we never, let's say we never did an Aquaman one in the first year, it wouldn't be fair to say there's no Aquaman ones on the census. It's so rare, right? It, it's not that it's rare. It's just that we didn't get any in. Um, so we waited till we had enough books to make the, uh, make the, um, the census valuable. Now, what can people do to try and, other than uh, notify you about uh, perceived errors, what can they do to try and ensure the integrity of uh, the census? I mean, what are some efforts that they can do? Well, one of the things that most people who care about the hobby and, and uh, do is they, if they crack out a book, uh, whether it's to get signed and resubmitted or if it's to crack it out just to read it. A lot of people use certification uh, they buy the book, but they crack it out. And um, we asked them to send in the label with it so we could take the label and knock it off the census to keep the census as correct as possible. There's always going to be some books that are on the census that have been cracked out um, because people won't send the label back in. Um, but... Uh, at the early days of our competition, we had uh, five, nine, four FF5s because um, the guy kept picking it was a nine, six, and he kept sending it in, but he wouldn't send the label back. And when he was like, oh, you're killing me. Your census is showing that there's five, but there's only one. I was like, that's your fault. You didn't send the labels back. And immediately the labels came back. We knocked the four off the census, and there was one. Um, it's, but it's a great tool. You know. Now, do other uh, encapsulation services, uh, let's say, for example, someone uh, would send a, a CBCS book to PGX. Does PGX bulk send to CBCS the labels that they procure? Does CGC uh, do that? CGC and I have an understanding of of sending the labels back to each other um, to keep both censuses correctly. PGX, I won't deal with. They're not a legitimate certification company. If you want something put in plastic, send it to them. But um, I've seen too many uh, books that are restored through the holder uh, on PGX. I've cracked out so PGX books where their centerfolds are missing. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's any surprise to our listeners, so I won't uh, belabor or, uh, a, you know, a, a well-established point or beat a dead horse, but uh, I do want to talk about that relationship with uh, CGC, that your reciprocal relationship, because I think that's really important. There were a number of people who expressed to me uh, their concern that there were so many books that were sent uh from, uh, that were initially encapsulated by CBS, CBCS to CGC. Uh, they had some sort of crossover promotion. All of those labels were returned to you? 
Um, actually, they were returned at the beginning. Uh, when we moved, uh, before we moved to Flor uh, from Florida to Texas, uh, we stopped getting labels, so we stopped sending them labels. Um, they've done a, quite, a bit, quite a good job of trying to keep us down, and um, I wasn't going to help them if they weren't going to help us. I put something on our chat boards about that and immediately got a call from Matt Nelson at CGC saying, yeah. hey, hey, you know, um, we, we have all the labels, we're gonna send them to you. And so uh, I said, great, I have all the labels too. I didn't throw them out. Uh, it's to help the hobby. It's not for me to help my competition. It's not for my competition to help me. It's to help the hobby. Yeah, so let's talk about that because I, I know that's uh, something that's near and dear to both of our hearts, this idea of community and stewardship within the hobby. Uh, I mean, we touched a little bit on it uh, earlier when you were talking about um, the need for uh, older, more experienced collectors to uh, help less experienced collectors learn to grade raw books. Uh, I mean, beyond that, uh, you know, I think this is really uh, one of the last apprenticeships uh, around. I mean, it, it very much is an each one, teach one uh, kind of uh, collector community. Talk to me about uh, the involvement that you have with the HERO Initiative, what the HERO Initiative is, and uh, some of the work that you're doing with them. Well, I'm on the board of HERO Initiative. Uh, so I'm on the, um, the committee that helps bring in money. So uh, was yesterday or the day before, um, uh, days have been flying by because I've been working so hard. Um, I worked all day today up till the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, so people paid uh, the Hero Initiative $100 a piece to have uh, basically time with me. We had five people who paid $100. It was supposed to be four, but we oversold it by mistake. And it was supposed to be for 45 minutes. I talked for about an hour and a half with them. They asked questions. And uh, it was really fun. It was a great time. Uh, everybody had a blast. Uh, but um, the Hero Initiative is really important because it, it, the, the money that we raise goes to the creators that are in need. Um, a lot of the creators that are older didn't get, you know, weren't selling their covers for $8,000. They were getting paid piecemeal. They didn't even get some of their artwork returned. Uh, they're living hand to mouth, so we help with hospital bills, housing, food, whatever they need, whether it's, you know, taxis back and forth to clinics. Um, it's, it's really important to support these people because they give us so much enjoyment and there's no reason they should live badly. Um, I'm a big believer in charity. I always said that uh, if I would ever need charity, I'd probably accept it. So why shouldn't I give my time and money to charities that are legitimate? And the Hero Initiative is very legitimate. We only have two salaries that we pay and they're not very high. The employees only got health care uh, a couple of years ago. This was a labor of love for them. Uh, and we don't have an office. The office is the diner around the corner where people can sit and talk. Uh, we don't waste money. We make sure it goes to where it's supposed to go. There's too many charities where the you know CEO is making a million dollars or two million dollars, and the thousand bucks is being you know given out uh, from the charity to the people who need it. 
um, like the Wounded Warrior Project, that was a scam, you know. Um, uh, but I, I really believe in, in in helping our hobby. Anybody can go to heroinitiative.org, uh, even if you donate a dollar. I mean, if everybody in our hobby donated a dollar, it would help a lot. Um, but there's plenty of things for sale. Um, Overstreet, um, out of the kindness of their heart, um, puts out a Hero Initiative cover for the Overstreet, and the Hero Initiative gets to sell that. Um, it's fantastic. Um, I buy that one every year. Um, and um, But we have people like Roy Thomas and Howard Chaikin, all sorts of great people on the board helping out. Um, and if you go around most conventions, you'll see that somebody has at their table a jar that says Hero Initiative. And, you know, they say you want a signature, um, it's $5 donation to the Hero Initiative, as opposed to them making the money themselves, which is fantastic because, you know, a lot of um, creators charge for signatures, but don't give it to the Hero Initiative. They pocket it. Well, rightly so, it's their work and it's their name. But yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, what uh, we discussed privately that uh, it's hard to make money in comics. I mean, uh, if you were yeah. a sequential uh, panel artist or uh, a writer, whether it's for uh, Marvel or DC or an independent, um, even cover artists, uh, they're not making huge cash. Uh, I mean, a lot of these guys. Um, really rely upon uh, the hope that they'll get a TV deal or a movie deal. Absolutely. Um, um, I was talking with uh, Donnie Cates and Sam De La Rosa at the CBCS Expo that we held. And they, uh, Sam said he will not do anything but covers right now. Uh, of course, Venom helped him quite a bit uh, financially. Um, and Donnie Cates was saying the same thing, that if you're not um, being picked up for a TV show or a movie, there's really not a lot of money. It's really a labor of love. Uh, Donnie was saying how he gets to pick uh, who he wants to write. So that makes his job so much more pleasurable. Um, but at the same time, without uh, this without having the money from the movies or the TV, there's really not a lot of money to be made in it. It's really a labor of love. You have to say, okay, I want a job that pays okay, and I want to work in comic books. So if right now, if somebody wanted to contribute to the Hero Initiative, they would log on to the Hero Initiative website, and. Right. It's as simple as spending a few dollars via PayPal and they can contribute, right? Right. They could press a button to donate or they could buy uh, the swag that we're selling. Um, and that includes the Overstreet? Right. That includes the Overstreet price guide. Um, the new one will be out soon. But, of course, with everything that's been going on in the country, um, it's not going to happen as quick as usual. Uh, usually it's 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 uh, published in July and broken out at San Diego. Well, we're not going to have a San Diego this year. Um, it's this there's no social social distancing. You can't put one hundred and fifty thousand people together right now. 
it's a shame, but it's just the reality of life. Um, but uh, they will have a hero initiative one. But what's really cool, it's the 50th anniversary of Overstreet this year. It's incredible that Bob has, has held steady the ship that really helped make pricing and and grading guides, but they're guides. Um, Bob will always say it's not a Bible, it's a guide, you know. Um, there's other places. Let's, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you and I discussed earlier today um, a little bit about the uh, kinds of conversations you have with um, J.C. Vaughn and, and others at Overstreet about uh, the grading criteria. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Bob. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one of uh, Bob's senior grading advisors. Yeah, so can you talk about some of those conversations that you have, some of the tweaks that are being made to the Overstreet Price Guide? Sure. Well, one of the things I'm hoping for is that the look of the book is taken into account, not just the defects. Um, you can't say that a quarter-inch crease isn't allowed in this grade and make it definitive. Because if there's a quarter-inch crease on the front cover that breaks color, and there's a quarter-inch crease on the back cover that doesn't break color, and 10 out of 10 people want the one with the, the crease on the back cover, then the one with the front cover has to be a lower grade. Um, so, and, and we're all, it's a visual medium, of course. Um, so it has to be tweaked where it's not just the technical grade, but also also the look of the book. Yeah, now that's something that, um, again, uh, there are third-party companies that are uh, marketing, uh, much like they did with coins, uh, a second layer of uh, grading where they put these like little stickers on your slabs. Uh, is that, that's something that CBCS does already, right? Right, we don't need to have our customers pay to know that the book looks better in the holder than the given grade. So we put a little check mark next to it, which means check the grader's notes, and you'll see that there's a three-inch tear on the third page, something you can't see. We, we thought it was very important to let people know exactly why we came to the grade we came to if it didn't look right to them. Yeah, and, we're talking about yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I want to talk about the greater notes. Um, you guys provide them for free, right? Sure. And not just that, but we have a QR uh, code on the back of the label. So if you're at a convention and you see a book that looks like an 8.0, but we gave it a 6.0, you could put your phone up to it, you know, and have a, have a QR app and it'll bring you right to the uh, greater's notes. Uh, I think it's very helpful. Um, there's people out there that buy books to press and get better grades. Well, this helps them not get caught with the three inch tear on the third page. Um, it also gives them an idea of if, you know, this something breaks color and can't be pressed out. Um, it's, it's just another tool to help the community. Yeah, I've never heard of that from CBCS. Um, we try. I mean, I've been in the hobby since I was a kid. I want it to last forever. 
tell me about the uh, new holders. Well, uh, they were supposed to launch uh, the beginning of this month, uh, but because of what went on in our country, uh, the printing place that was doing the new labels um, was closed. Uh, they'll be launching fairly soon. Um, excited about it. Uh, the holder is really cool. Uh, it breathes, so you're not stuck with with the contamination that happens from the off-gassing to your comic book. Um, and uh, the label is going to be tweaked. Can, a little you, can you explain that part to people who aren't familiar with the uh, vernacular? Oh, okay, sure. So um, when something's put in an airtight container, um, paper especially, um, if it doesn't breathe, it's a tree, right? Um, the paper is made from trees. It has to breathe. It has to have something to it, but you also don't want contaminants to get into it. So our interior interior uh, well of the holder that actually houses the comic book is made of PETG, which is used by you know the Smithsonian and other and Library of Congress. Um, so to help protect the comic book, uh, you don't have to put um, that microchamber paper in it that has to be changed out every seven to nine years. Um, if you don't change out microchamber paper, um, it's like a sponge eventually it gets filled and it doesn't work and it can can hurt your book um it can turn where the microchamber paper is dark um we didn't want to use that we wanted to use something like the petg that you didn't need to have the microchamber paper and didn't need to spend the spend money every seven to nine years reholdering your book did that help a little? That helps a lot. Are other encapsulation services doing something comparable? Well, our competition uses the microchamber paper. Um, it used to say on the back of the label, please change this out every seven to nine years. And for some reason, they got rid of that. Um, I don't know why. Uh, not very pleased with it as a collector myself. Um, well, not collector hobbyist. I don't collect comic books anymore. It keeps me impartial and I can not worry about somebody else's book being higher grade than mine and or conspiracy theories that I won't grade a book higher than the one I have, right? Um, so I gave up comic collecting. I still read, uh, I read trades. I, I'm a comic book junkie for life, um, but I don't collect comic books, I collect uh, original comic book art, and I collect uh, memorabilia from our hobby, um, Marvel Mania, early DC stuff, um, EC. Uh, I have a piece of unused EC stationery that's really cool that you never see unfolded. Um, wow. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I love the history of our hobby, um, and I've learned from the best, you know, whether it's Maggie Thompson or um, Bob Overstreet or you know, dealers that have been around forever, like, you know, my friend who passed, James, uh, Jerry Wiest, uh, who started the first of these uh, comic auctions. Um, and uh, 
the best thing anybody can do in our hobby is make friends and latch on to the people who are knowledgeable. And they're usually they're more than happy to share their knowledge because they care about the hobby and they care about people. Um, there's still people out there who won't use certification um, because they sell restored books as unrestored. And it's a shame. Um, we want to protect How the hard is it to spot restoration for somebody who's new to collecting or at least new to collecting these big dollar books? Uh, I mean, it, it's, um, it's, it's can you talk about that? Yeah, it, it's difficult. Um, you need to uh, study the comics. The more, you, more comics you see, the more you'll realize that something's strange about that comic book something hits your gut and says, this isn't right. Now there's easy ways too, uh, for a novice. Um, if you lightly, very lightly run your thumb along the spine of a comic, if you hit something that feels hard, that doesn't make sense. So that's probably glue. Um, if you, if the color touch is not acrylic, it's marker, things like that, it usually bleeds through the uh, cover, so you can see it from the interior. So check your interiors. Um, if you see spots of color coming through, then something's wrong. Um, the print didn't come through to the interior front cover or interior back cover. So something's wrong. But it took me years and years of studying and going through a lot of books and getting burned uh, as a collector um to do it trimming is uh one of the um more complicated uh techniques to check it's not really restoration it's more desecration um and there's something called micro trimming which is the m most minute trim and it's even i'm not sure how they do it i never learned how to restore books or trim books, but anybody who can tell you that they can tell micro trimming all the time is a liar or just doesn't understand what they're looking at. Um, and the only way you could tell is if it was already in a holder, you have a before picture and then an after picture. Um, it's still going on today, uh, but not as as widespread as it was at one point. Um, but it's really just talking to people. I studied uh, restoration with certain um, uh, restorers. Uh, I paid them um, and uh, got a lot of uh, great, great information from it, especially on how to check a page in your comic that has a piece replaced. Uh, it's very hard to find, uh, to detect. I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, that's fascinating. And, and I, um, I don't know that a lot of people are aware of this, but uh, my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're literally pulping uh, comics from the same era of, of the same page quality and then crafting pieces so that they're the perfect tone. It's close to perfect. Um, some I'm glad you said that. 
it's close to perfect. Um, but it's um, but it, it can be detected with enough experience. The problem is that most collectors can't go through enough books to learn this. Yeah, so what's um, the process to become a grader at CBCS? I mean, what kind of training do you guys do? And I wouldn't ask you to reveal any sort of uh, proprietary or trade secret information, but if you could talk kind of generally about the process uh, for um, educating graders at CBCS so that they are the cream of the crop. Um, well, I mean, most of the people that we hire, especially for vintage, uh, have already been in the market for a long, long time. Um, by that, you mean decades? Yeah. Um, and like my my second in command, Wes Steffen, has been doing this since he was a kid. Uh, he's a pedigree expert. He could actually smell an Edgar Church Mile High book and say, yeah, this is you know, one of the mile highs. Um, I still can't, my my brain still can't uh, fathom something like that. I can barely smell pancakes and tell you that they're pancakes. Yeah, I can't tell you how many, um, when I was younger, how many girlfriends looked at me when I smelled a comic book and just like rolled their eyes and thought I was insane. Uh, but, uh, uh, but there's, uh, with training, um, it takes a long, long time to train somebody before they're, you know, even up to pre-grading. Um, but they sit with myself or West or uh, my modern specialist, Daniel Erdl. He's fantastic. Um, and the more you look at books, and we do, you know, thousands and thousands of books a month. Um, so you get, you know, once again, it was like I was saying how a collector can't look at thousands of books at one time, right? Um, yeah. They learn by sitting with us and we use Overstreet standards as well as the standards that the hobby uses. Um, like I said, the top dealers and top collectors. Um, you have to be in the strike zone. If somebody sends in a book they think is an 8-0 and they're a good grader, you should at least, it should at least be a 7-5 or the 8 or an 8-5. You should be in a strike zone because not everybody grades the same way. Certain people dislike stains more than they like creases or vice versa. Or some people won't buy a book with a staple pop. Um, but you have to figure out the right grade that most of the hobby will accept. The tightest grader is just as bad as the loosest grader because they're grading, well, they're grading wrong. You, you have to, um, and you can have your own grading standards and your own grading system for yourself for the books you collect, right? Because it doesn't matter. But when you go to sell it, it has to be an industry standard. A six needs to be a six to me, to use everybody else. Some uniform. Or a five, five or a six, five, you know, where people are comfortable, right? Buying that book. Exactly. Uh, we had an interesting question in the live chat that I, I think I've already asked you. And uh, tragically, uh, I'm going to ask you again, hoping you're going to change your answer. Do you think there'll ever be a time when pulps are uh, graded by uh, third-party uh, grading companies, CBCS? 
Well, specifically? Not, not by us. Um, it, it would cost so much money to grade a pulp because the page count takes so long. And yeah. also there's a problem. A lot of the books, uh, the pulps, have overhangs, really heavy overhangs. And if you're gonna put them in a holder, if the holder gets moved around or dropped, it could actually lower the grade um, because of the overhang. Um, and then you need to hire a pulp specialist and certain, speci certain pulp guys only know the Westerns, certain ones only know spices or whatever it is. Um, it's, at, we're we're not just um, hobby friendly, but we're a business as well. We have to make money. Um, I don't see a time in our future at at CBCS that we will be grading them. Um, I think that our competition would have started grading them if it was feasible a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things. Um, that you guys are looking towards the future. My understanding uh, is that magazines are, are something that you guys are keeping a close eye on. Oh, absolutely. But we just spent all the money on, uh, well, I shouldn't say all the money, but a lot of money on the new holder and the new label. Um, and so then it take, took a lot of time to design. And we're starting to look at the magazine holder. And we're hoping, you know, by the end of, you know, next year um, to have it or, or before. Um, but tooling costs are very, very expensive. Um, I think the holder design with the labels and everything, I think we spent about $170,000 doing that. Now to recoup $170,000 in magazines, which is not as big as comic books, um collector collector wise would take a long long time but we want to have it because you know teenage mutant ninja turtles one through three you want that right people want that in the holder so we are going to do it um yeah if you could make one that was giant uh so i could get like uh trying to see if i have anything around here uh, i'm looking for things that are even bigger like uh would... well i mean people talk to me all the time about treasuries right and uh, it's not going to happen um nobody wants to spend a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to grade a I treasure. ship it and not just that but the dealers don't want to um drag around to conventions all be like those posters that you got it like uh with spencer's magazines just being giant you know yeah <laughs> Uh, um, let me ask you this. You're still doing uh, magazines raw, right? Yeah, we do magazines and treasuries raw. It's Talk raw to me about trade. that program. That's super cool. Um, it's really more to help um, comic book stores um, sell a book that they don't have to argue the grade with on, you know, with, with the customer, right? When they have a raw, raw magazine, they say it's a... Uh, 8.5 and the collector wants to buy it thinks it's a 7.5. Well, if we've looked at it, um, they have a professional opinion and there's no um, debating at that point. 
um, it's it, it's it's a really cool kind of thing. Um, it's also good for collectors who want to learn and don't want to spend as much money. So they send in you know some books uh, and they say raw grade, so they could you know release it from the um, mylar with the tamper evidence stickers and study the book and see why it got the grade it got. Um, yeah, if you had to do it all over again, if you had to learn how to uh, grade uh, from, you know, a, a kind of a novice uh, beginner level to where you're at now, what are some of the things that you would do? I, I mean, I, I think that seems like uh, just a fascinating idea. I remember when um, I, I wanted to get a 9.8 and a 9.6 and a 9.4 and a 9.2 of the same book, uh, modern, uh, in a slab, so I could just kind of take a look at the covers and, and see what that really meant. Um, you know, that was like my first little idea I had when I got uh, really into graded books. Um, you know, I picked up obviously the Overstreet uh, price guide uh, for grading. They're like grading guide. Yeah, the grading guide. It's like by my bedside now. I mean, I just love it as uh, kind of a neat book. Uh, really a cool, handy tool. Um, is, what are some of the other things? Cool, but once again, Bob will tell you, Bob Overstreet will tell you that it's just a guide. It helps you guide your way through it. Um, you learn by, like I said, like I mentioned before, attaching yourself to people who have been in the hobby longer than you. Um, honest ones. Uh, dealers that you're buying from, if you're friendly with them, they want you to keep buying from them, so they're going to help you um, if they're if they're legitimate. Um, but if I went back in time, uh, once again, you know, I was a kid and I used the Overstreet. Um, I would have actually attached myself to people earlier. Um, but when I was a kid. It wasn't cool to collect comic books. You know, if I wore my Hulk t-shirt to school in sixth grade, I got beat up. If I wear a Hulk t-shirt today, people go, that's cool, you know, right? Um, it was a different world. Um, and once again, restoration wasn't even looked for back then. It was almost accepted. Yeah, well, I mean, they advertised for it, right? In the back right. of Comic Buyer's Guide. I mean, you know, come sure. to us for your bucks. Yeah, I really miss Comic Buyer's Guide. It was fantastic. Um, Maggie and Don did a great job after Alan Light. Um, Maggie's one of my best friends. She's so full of knowledge. It's incredible. I'd I actually love to meet her. Oh, and, and she loves meeting everybody. She really is uh, uh, part of this hobby that... Uh, that's uh, magical. She she could talk to you about Pogo or Superman, right? Um, I helped bring her collection to market. Uh, she read the books, she and Don, uh, but they read them once and put them away carefully. Um, I When I was working for Heritage as their senior consignment director, I brought Maggie's um, collection to auction. She made a fortune. And what she did was, because she loved comic books so much that she said, okay, I'm gonna sell these high grade books, but I still want a copy. 
So she sold, you know, let's, uh, I'm making up numbers, right? Let's say she sold her FF number one for $100,000. She could go out and buy a good copy for a lot less. So she's buying up, she's having a blast now rebuying the collection, but in low grade so she can read it, use it as reference material and not worry about lowering the grade. It's beautiful. It is. It's fantastic. And she's, uh, I, I can't talk enough good stuff about this woman. She cares more about the hobby than she does herself, I think. Wow. wow. I've, uh, I've got a dear friend who um, is uh, particularly uh, grateful to CBCS for its commitment to foreign language comics. Um, I think you guys really uh, are at the forefront of uh, encapsulating those books. You've got uh, a dedicated staff member who's yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Tim, Tim Bildhauser is one of the largest specialists in the world on foreign comic books. And before CBCS, books are being labeled if they were written in, say, Spanish. They were just being, okay, that's from Spain or that's from Mexico. They didn't really know where it was from. They didn't know it was from Brazil, right? Um, we've made sure that we get it right. Um, at least 99% of the time, you know, we're human. Everybody makes a mistake. I don't care what job you have. If there's humans involved, there's mistakes. I've made um, a lot. Yeah. And in my life, I've made a lot of mistakes too. Um, there's still one book out there that I wish I could take back from my early, early, early days with our competition. Um, it's overgraded, it's a high value book, and it still bothers me to this day, but that's how much I care about the hobby. Wow. If I didn't care about the hobby, I wouldn't care about the book. Are there, if, so we talked, um, you know, a little bit about foreign language books. I like to call them international comics. Yes, that's what <laughs> is that what you call them? Okay, foreign comics. You know, um, I think international is a better word, though. Um, yeah. uh, regardless, uh, obviously, there's very few books that cross your desk that you haven't seen. You know, a dozen, two dozen, a hundred times. Um, it's hard, uh, you know, to to really see something and be like, wow. Uh, when you see as many books as you do, are the uh, these international books uh, books that you know continue to stun you? Or oh yeah, Ab absolutely. Like if you look at, I, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right uh, because it's been a few years. But Action One from South Africa is really Action Comics 168. <laughs> it's really cool um, because that's when it was printed, and they just you you know they just used the book that was out there at the time and the cover. Um, some of the interiors are completely different than the cover, um, but there's guys who collect every uh, version of a comic. Uh, there's uh, right now on YouTube. Right, right now there's somebody who's showing off his Spider-Man 300s. I think there's like maybe 300 different copies um it's 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 daunting to uh to see uh very impressive but uh yeah that's uh, that's incidentally us that's that's our that's our youtube show we're, oh, we're the one 
Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're glad you're interested. I find it to be fascinating. Um, oh, yeah. I linked it on our forums. I mean, I, I wanted to share it with everybody. So help me with this. Um, you're doing set building not just for international books, but that's now uh, a, a new service that, that you guys are going to roll out at CBCS where people can kind of build sets. Sure. That's right after the census was the next project was uh, collector sets. Um, our competition calls it the registry, I think. I, I know. Sorry. Um, and it's it's a way of people showing off their collections. Um, and some people really love the fact that they can compete with other collectors to have the better sets. So if they need a 9-8 on this one book just to beat somebody else out, they chase it. Um, it's a it's it's a really different type of collecting than I was used to as a, as a as a young man, but I really see how fun it is, um, and it it helps drive, and it helps drive the market, which you know we want to keep this market healthy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what are what? Let's talk about the market. Uh, I know it's something that's important to both of us. Uh, I frankly uh am astonished at the uh strength of the comic market uh heritage auctions through the roof ebay sales uh, i never in a million years thought uh that with an economy uh as uh, up and down and uh, all over the places it has been uh that we wouldn't at least see some uh instability in collectibles uh boy um i, I mean i I got to pick up my uh, jaw off the ground when I, I think about um, just how strong uh, collectors uh, feel about comics and, and how much they're willing to invest in, in this uh, hobby that we all love. Sure. Well, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a hobby of passion. Um, but people have seen that it, most uh, comic art and comic books are kind of, um, recession proof they go up they go flat they go up they usually don't go down the times when they go down is something like westerns from the 50s because those collectors are really no longer around and the next generation couldn't care less about gene autry or roy rogers or anybody like that so the my dad bought uh, western comics he yeah. like doesn't know anything about comic books, but he knows that I like comic books. So uh, he got on eBay and he bought me a couple westerns, and I thought it was like the the like kindest uh, thing in the world. But yeah, you know, he's like the last of that generation. Right. I mean, um, if you look at the price guide through throughout the years, the prices on uh, the not not the Atlas Westerns. Um, those are, you know, Rawhide Kid, Ringo Kid, all that stuff is still very, very collectible because those characters are still around today or around in the 60s and 70s. Um, and, you know, we we like to go back in time and collect our, the characters we love. Um, but like I mentioned, like a Gene Autry, um, at one point, uh, it was a very high-priced book for the time, and now it's hard to sell them. Um, if you look at Classics Illustrated, uh, at one point uh, they were 
very, very, you know, heavily collected. Um, but there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Continuity with um, classics comics, right? Um, they do Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or they do Frankenstein, or, you know, Count of Monte Cristo, or whatever it was, and stuff that I used to cheat on exams when I had to read the book and didn't feel like it in seventh grade. Um, but uh, I shouldn't be mentioning that, should I? Um, but uh, I know a good lawyer. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah. I know one too. He's right in front of me. Um, but uh, anyway, um, so the classics illustrated, unless it's uh, an incredible cover like Frankenstein or something like that, um, has, not, has not held up as well. We, we like to covet what we know, right? So, mm -hmm. so let's say 10 years ago, some kid bought a Captain America comic book and he loved it. And he started buying Captain America comics. As soon as he, for lack of a better word, graduated to a major collector, uh, he could go back to 1940s and track Captain America all the way back to that. The continuity is incredible. And, you know, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, of course, um, created Marvel and changed the industry by continuity. Um, you know, Jim Shooter at DC, of course, with the Legion of Superheroes, uh, had the same idea. And that's why the Legion of Superheroes has such a um, hardcore following. Very cool. I want to uh, bring in some of the rest of the flip side cast uh, of characters. Uh, are we've got such a, an amazing uh, group of guys uh, that uh, contribute day in and day out to CBSI and uh, specifically the Tales from the Flipside podcast. One is uh, our resident uh, foreign language comic guru. You, of course, met uh, Dino, uh, who is. Uh, yep part of the Anonymous Hacker Collective and oh, uh, our maestro uh, in chief. And I think we're going to have uh, a couple other people, hopefully uh, Ben uh, C, our uh, El Presidente founder in chief, uh, Peter Renna, the most likable man in comics. Uh, hey, Peter. Hello. <laughs> see, he's never met him and he immediately is like, hi, Peter, I'm telling you the most likable man in comics. <laughs> I tried. And I'm going to shut up and let these guys talk. I'm sure they've got and a thousand John awesome Z. questions. John Z is on here as well. Hi, John. Yeah. Hey. John is our, our resident foreign language comic expert who uh, he and Matt Roybal put together. The, oh, Matt uh, Roybal. ASM, such a great guy. The what, ASM 300 what, 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 videos that you loved. Oh, that's great. I, uh, John, I, I thought the world of it. I, like I said, I put it on our chat boards. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was great to see it there. Uh, we're just trying to get the the – the hobby to, to see something different and sure. And what a labor, but what a labor of love. I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, really I, a lot, a lot of kudos to you. Well, thank you. It's just, you know, a lot, a lot of research, a lot of people helping. It's not a, it's not a two guy show. It's, it's a whole team of people kind of combining their resources to help because there's so and, much out there. And we've talked sure. to him. We talked to Tim at CBCS at Indianapolis comic con many, many of times uh, myself and John have. So, He's been on the podcast on the flip side. Yep. And Tim, Tim is, uh, and he's, he's brilliant. 
Um, and he's a great guy, loves the hobby. Um, I'm happy, you know, to call him my friend. Uh, it, 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 you know, once again, it goes back to this hobby. It's not just about collecting comic books, the friendships you make. Um, you know, collecting by yourself is cool, but collecting with other people and talking is fantastic. Back in the 90s, uh, we used to get together for dinner and we'd, um, everybody would bring their books that they bought and it was major comic dealers and major collectors and some non-major collectors from non-major comic dealers. And at the end of the dinner, we'd have them take the tablecloth off the table, replace it, get the drinks off the table and the food. And we'd break out our books and pass them around and have a great time showing off what we got. And the dealers were showing off, of course, what they got so they could sell them to us, of course. Um, but uh, it, it was, it was um, getting together with a group of people who love the same thing you do, even if they collect something a little different, that they collect comics is fantastic. All right, our fearless leaders down there on the left. Hi, Ben. What's going on, brother? How are you? Good. How you been? Good, good. Good. I, I know you said you had a question for me tonight. Yeah, well, I was going to try to not make it about a bunch of dead shows, but... Uh... Hey, I'm, I'm all happy to talk about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, these guys will... These guys will not be happy with me. After I get off the show, I'm going to be going to the streaming of this of the J Rad shows. That, that's tonight. You want to hear something funny? Tonight's yeah. actually my twelfth uh, wedding anniversary. We got married on a Friday because of because of May second, nineteen seventy, the Harper College show. <laughs> You're as hardcore as I am, man. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, but on the comic, uh, on the on the topic of comics, um, you guys mentioned earlier the stability of the market. Yes. Um, with the price swell, I don't know. Over the past five six years, I'd say. Sure. We've seen bronze and copper and gold. I, everything's exploded. Well, because uh, eventually moderns become vintage. Sure. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's another conversation about. <laughs> Um, sure. Do you see a price correction coming? And if so, what well, do you I think will be affected? I mentioned this before, that in our hobby, um, the the only slowdown we, we ever saw financially was the mid-90s. Um, and that was uh, before certifications. Uh one of my friends said uh, certification was the shot in the arm the hobby needed. But normally, it seems that books go up, they then go flat for a while, and then go back up. Uh, unless, of course, it's something that nobody cares about, whether it's you know something that's very old, like the Yellow Kid, where that generation is no longer collecting. Yeah. Um, and Westerns, like I mentioned before. So have we seen a market explode in this so in like 2000 i want to say 13 i kept passing on 4.0 af15s going 10 grand <laughs> you know and the 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 price gain in such a short time feels and again i've only been in since 2011 so 
Well, there, there's it. been some mild corrections in it, but not crazy. You know, twenty percent right. here, or there. Right, hmm. and and people put money when the stock market's down. We see people putting more money into collectibles. Um, they've been fairly safe. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have a real depression in this country. You know, that's going to hurt it. But right now, where the country is at its highest unemployment since the Great Depression, we're still seeing record prices on eBay, Heritage, Comic Link, you know. Um, and um, I believe that people want to put their money into something they love and know that they can get out for what they paid, even if they can't make extra money. But once again, it goes back to we covet what we love. And my war cry has always been collect what you love and can afford, and you're going to be happy in the end of the, at the end of the day. Yep. If you overspend um, trying to get out of a big book, uh, which happened to me when my daughter was born and I quit my job, I had to sell my action one for about $20,000 less than oh. I could have got if I waited. Um, but my family was more important and our families are more important than comics. I'm sorry to say, as much as I love them, <laughs> uh, I love my family more and I love my friends more. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Well, I know we had you on because we wanted to talk about this um, uh, population report, and I, it's I've been playing around with a little bit. I mean, I haven't dug in and done tons and tons of research, but just seeing the data and how much is there, it, it's impressive. It's it's a useful tool for everyone. I was looking at ASM three hundred because that's kind of the it's kind of the standard. Everybody knows that's that's yeah, higher grade sure. books, and you guys yeah. have about 1700 graded in, in this short time, which is quite a few. Yeah, and, and not just in a short amount of time, but um, if you think about our history of CBCS, we've been open five years and we had five major catastrophes hit us in five years every year. Somehow, uh, I guess we've survived, but you know, the first year we had the plastic situation where they sent us the wrong plastic and I wasn't gonna put books in plastic that were gonna hurt the books. Then we had a hurricane the next year, which shut us down for a little bit. Uh, then the next year we had a hurricane that lasted even longer. Then we had the move from Florida to Texas. Um, and now we have the, you know, uh, COVID, right? Um, we, we've been very lucky that we have so many loyal um, clients that we're still getting books in. Uh, we run specials a lot. Actually, um, we'll announce one tonight for your uh, viewers that we're going to announce uh, soon for the rest of the community. Um, but we'd like to give it to your viewers first since you're here. Um, no, no problem. You know, it's good for everybody. It's it's called support the hobby um, because people don't have all the money they need right now. So to help them get their book certified, we're taking a percentage off and doing a faster turnaround time um, so they can actually sell the books to raise money. Yeah, um, that's the brilliance of it. And then they can keep the cycle going, keeping the hobby fed. Right. Yeah, and it, it. it's going to hurt us a little bit, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to help us because the community will look at us as if we are supporting the hobby. 
I really hope so. I, so I'm I. confident, you know. I'm confident people will recognize, you know, the good where it is. Yeah, well, well, you know, Ben, as you know, I'm a deadhead, so I have <laughs> I, I have that ingrained in me. You know, um, treat each other very well, and you know, just be kind to each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's Steve, I want to I want to go through the uh, the pictures you sent us to you. I know uh, I know uh, Nico got off the uh, air, but I want to talk about the pictures you sent us at least, just so everybody can see uh, what you kind of sent us over. Um, so, yeah, I didn't do a lot of research. I was working okay. all day today, so I kind of just picked um, random books to send over. So, like, this is a uh, – he sent me uh, some photos or sent us some photos, I guess. So this is uh, Marvel Mystery Comics 12. That's an uh, eight and a half. Sure, which is an incredible grade for that book. Yeah, for a 1940s book. I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at the colors alone. Yeah, the colors. I mean, so he sent us a bunch of these. So I'm just going to go through these really quickly. Nothing. Sure. Nothing. Uh, this is a uh, signed uh, Rob Liefeld, 98 uh, D Mutants 87. Right. That's our that's our witness program. So that's yep. why it's a yellow label. Yep. Which is, a, which is a nice program. People find it very easy at shows, I know. Yes. Um, next, we have a Planet Comics number three from Fixin House. It's a 7 0. That's right. But it has a check mark next to it. Yep. Which it is the plain. if you if you think about seven O and you look at this photo, you're gonna think we graded that too tough. That's why the check mark is next to it to check the graders notes to see why it graded the way it did, because we don't want somebody saying, you know, that's a seven O, but it really should be like an eight five. So I'm gonna crack it out and resubmit it. And we don't well, want them well, wasting their money. But well, less, well, once again, it goes back to I like making money. But I don't like taking money. Well, you know, that's not a bad reputation that you guys kind of started out with is yeah. being a little more consistent. I don't want to say tough is the word, but consistent on, you know, what, who was going to what was going to grade where. So people feel very good about your brand there. Right. I could have put that in an 8.5 holder and it would have passed um, the muster when people are looking at it. But. There's probably something wrong with the inside, or maybe there's heavy tanning on the interior covers, or like I said, a tear on page three, whatever it is. Uh, maybe there's a, spot, a small spine split, but you can't see it because it's encapsulated. Um, I'm going to go on to this next one. I, I don't think they're in, in any kind of real order, but this is a Wonder Woman 1590. Yeah, it's an Eldon copy. Hmm. Um, Eldon uh, wrote his name on every book. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, it's not cool if you don't like writing on your books, but for somebody like me who loves the hobby, I'm like, oh, I've got a piece from the Elden Collection. That's kind of cool. Um, it was some kid who just loved his books, wanted to write a name on it. Um, my mother actually told me that she, you know, she was reading a lot of four color stuff when she was a kid, and um, she wrote her name on every book. I've been waiting. Oh my. Uh, to find one, which is probably impossible, needle in the haystack. But I can't wait to see something that says Linda Borak on it. <laughs> That's fine. Well, now all of us will be looking for you. Yeah, right. Um, but people, you know, put their names on books because um, back then everybody bought the same comic book. 
took them to school and you didn't want them stolen. <laughs> That's funny. And then there's the, I mean, the Larson pedigree is famous for Larson's that, name. Sure. Right, that very neat. Absolutely. And, and I got to meet Larson. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, we, we found out where he was uh, through John Burke, who was a major collector. Um, we actually had a dinner hosting him and his family and collectors and dealers in San Diego. Uh, and he was so, he was this older man and he couldn't believe that people wanted to meet him because of his, just because of his comics that he had when he was a kid. It was, it was a most amazing moment as a collector, a hobbyist um, for me. Um, and everybody had such a great time, but really the Larsons were just in awe of what was going on. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> next we have, um, this is Amazing Spider-Man number six. That's a uh, CG, CBCS 9.6. Um, it's really... It's a really good looking copy. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't you can't get much better than that. Obviously, nine eight, but I mean, it's, it's hard yeah, because yeah. I mean th those books were read to death, um, and um, it, it, you know, uh, it's the first lizard, of course. Um, Spider Man is king of comics at this point. Yeah, uh, everybody's collecting Spider Man, um, and uh, I sent it over because I just thought people would want to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, when something like that hits my desk, I'm blown away. I mean, I've been doing this for so long and it's just such a nice feeling to be blown away and still enjoy this. Um, a lot of graders get burnt out and couldn't care less about what they're grading. They just want to get it on their desk, get it off their desk. I, I really dig seeing stuff. If you see my posts on Instagram that I also connect to Facebook, um, I try to do one a day at least saying this hit my grading desk and it's not even encapsulated. I'm not even trying to do CBCS promotion as much. It's, you know, I, it hit my grading desk. I go, Oh, I have to take a picture of this. I have to share it with the world. And so I have a lot of followers on Instagram and on uh, Facebook um, just because they want to see my, um, the, my pick every day. Yeah, what, and, what, whatever blows you away blows us away times 10. Right. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, it's always gorgeous, sharp, sharp copies of. Like, like this book, maybe? Like it's a Fantastic Four number one and a nine four. No big right. deal. And that's our verified signature program. On the first page, uh, Jack Kirby signed uh, his name. Yeah. Oh, my. Somebody was very happy. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. It's oh. a true, true thing of beauty. That's sold, we, I think it's sold through Comic Link. Oh God! Oh, I don't even want to look at that pen and number. Love Comic Link. Uh, and then uh, uh, one of our last ones is this. Uh, he is this an art and signature uh, series from Serenko. Uh, yeah, which is really cool. So, what we did with the art program, uh, which is something that our competition doesn't do, uh, we. Yeah, people have sketch covers, especially, right? You know, there's all these blank covers. They get somebody to, to do it. But while they're doing it, they're ruining the grade of the book, right? They're putting creases in or spine stresses in. And it shouldn't matter the grade when you're looking at something that Steranko did on the cover, right? Or anybody else that you love. 
Um, so you have an option to pick art only. Um, because, I mean, I really don't care if I have a 9.8 or a 7.0 um, of a More book. Already, so who cares what the grade is? Right. So, but people are grade crazy. So if you make the art <laughs> label, true. it doesn't matter the grade. And then it's also great for people who, you know, take a backing board um, and get them to sketch on it like this one. And it's just his art, but it's preserved in the holder. It's not going to get ruined. It's archivally safe. And um, it displays very nice. And it does display very nice. Yes. Cool. That's the uh, that's the last one of the last. That's the last photo I have. But I just so, wanted to show that off because that was such a great. Uh, yeah, so great. I was looking looking through the census and just wanted to show something that I really enjoyed. And if mm -hmm. people haven't looked at it. So you can, or the population report, sorry, I'm using the wrong term. But if people, you know, want to pull up a book, um, you know, I did New Mutants 98, just just check on the big ones. Sure. And how you did this, you know, there, there are definitely some that were before you separated the uh, direct and newsstand, but you put everything together. So like the reprints are together, the um, price variants are together. So if you type in New Mutants 98, it, you don't have to then go and find which year are you looking for, which variation, and then go into that individual census. You, you're displaying the entire census of everything kind of in that in that general description right there. And, and I like how they're chronologically in order as well. Yeah, so, so, so to me, that's really, that's kind of a nice little feature because there's times I go through and I'm looking for a book and I've got to click on this one and then I've got to go find the other, especially as a foreign or somebody that's doing some of the lots of different covers or different vari variants, variations. To, to not have to search everywhere to find all that data and find it all on one page is fantastic. Well, I'm yeah. glad you guys are happy because, you know, I got nervous when we were launching, of course, um, because there's, you know, there's going to be some tweaks that have to be done, but we have a um, button that says report a problem, as I mentioned before, I think. Um, and this way the community can help us if they care about the community and the hobby that they can help us, make this as correct as possible and and i from what i've looked at i mean i've played it a little bit and there's it it's a pretty clean service you know you got to type the right information in you know if you don't uh, one that caught me is if i don't put the dash in spider-man it doesn't come up right okay absolutely you can learn that because that's that's how it is and that's fine I, you can learn that piece i did enjoy looking in the census and finding that i have one of ones so those are always fun Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Joys, of the Joys of the foreign world. Um, but it's it's really laid out very well. So thank you and congratulations. It, it looks – I know everybody gave you pressure for the last – close to since you opened the door for a census, and I think you guys did a really good job on getting out there. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have been fair to open a census right away because it just uh, – you know, there wasn't enough books. Mm -mm. It was good to hear that. It was good to hear that and good for, you know, folks to hear that. So they're not, you know, there's no question. There's no wondering anymore. Oh, and there's close to 2,500 New Mutants 98. So there, there's definitely data in here. You know, you can you can look at any book and find at least some useful information. Sure, but you might not see a Jimmy Olsen number 17. You know, well, I mean. But it, there it, might not be many of those between well, either Well, now company. someone's going to slide this. 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and especially when the uh, when, when the collector sets start, um, I think that's going to be a, a, a huge um, thing for the community and for the CS collectors. Um, I I had a vision of um, letting uh, people put CBCS and our competitions books in their sets. Um, I think that got shot down. I don't think it's going to happen. I really thought that it doesn't matter what service you use, you have that book. It, it um, may create people just coming over to take over the system because they already have them. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but at the end of the day, I think the collector sets are going to um, move the needle as well, but you need the senses to have that. Oh, I agree. And it, it looks very, very nice, very clean. I, I've enjoyed everything I've played with so far. Oh, that's great. That's great to hear because I haven't, like, I've been working on some proposals uh, for more programs the last uh, 48 hours. Um, actually, when I was, you know, uh, talking with, uh, with you earlier about uh, the podcast, beforehand uh that was working non-stop um and i'm actually going back to work early tomorrow morning um uh, we have a lot of stuff in the works that's going to be i think very good for the hobby um you know one of the things we have that our competition doesn't have is that we do pre-screens grade screens uh but you could pick single books you don't have to send in 30 books and say i want them all in nine six or, or better you could pick this one seven five this one nine eight this one four oh um it gives people something to uh, uh test their grading skills as well yeah and people like options it's a lot yes. more attractive for me to know that I might not need a 9.8, but I need to break that 9.2 range. Exactly. Where, where other books, I need that 9.8 or I just, you know, or 9.6 or, you know. I just found something else I really enjoy as I was <laughs> playing with different books. I, I'm throwing, showing it on the screen right now. You break down what the uh, conserved or resto or issue is. And it, it's an odd book I stumbled yeah. upon. I'm, I'm passionate about The Crow and just was curious <laughs> what's in the census. Uh, sure. Just, just you know, the competition just says there's a issue. You are actually telling us what that issue is, so that's that's kind of cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah, we're trying to give as much information as possible, and this is a living thing, basically. Um, it's going to um, change uh, as as we can figure out more of what the community wants. Well, you you have me as a fan, and I I you know I am happy that this website is very easy to navigate. It's very easy to use. It's it's one of the more user friendly options out there as far as you know comic research. So I, I like it. I'm very happy. It's it's oh, improvements. Are you going to take suggestions on uh, like the forums or something? Like make a thread on the forums, or how are you going to go about? Well, that? actually, what's funny is the is the forums actually send. Uh, start threads for suggestions. I don't have to solicit them. Okay. Um, that's one of the nice things about having a forum, 
is I get to listen to the community. Um, and I'm very, very involved in the forums. Um, I can't do it all day long, of course. But, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is I get on the forums. And I see if there's any questions that need to be answered by somebody like me as opposed to customer service. Um, and, I, and I play around. I have such a great time showing off, you know, the book of the day or um, there's, there's one. I'm having a lot of fun with one of the uh, threads on the forum right now. It says uh, calendar year, show off your books. And so, you know, today is like uh, 112. Um, and so you pick a copy of a book that's 112, number 112 and you post it. And it's just a lot of fun seeing all this stuff. Um, we want to make the forums fun. It shouldn't just be about, you know, people complaining and people asking for stuff. It should be about the community and enjoying getting to know each other, even though one person's in Italy and one person's in Long Island, New York, right? Um, people have made great friendships through that. And I have as well. Um, same thing with Instagram. You know, like I post every, I try to post every day. Um, ben has, has, oh, has you know, become friends through Instagram. Absolutely. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, uh, we both love each other's posts most of the time. I'm sure there's something I post you don't care about, but whatever. Um, oh, no, brother. That's just me being a little elevated. <laughs> you thought he was older, though. That's probably true. <laughs> um, not that much older. <laughs> but that's cool, man. You know, and and like I said, you know, with, with like with Ben, you know, we find uh, something besides comics that we can relate to, and it makes the friendship stronger. So, I've noticed, I've seen some people that joined the show, the, the live chat, just from your forums that I recognize from there that are here that, you know, wouldn't necessarily watch this YouTube channel, but they're very loyal. They're, they're very, um, more welcoming group than most places from every experience I have had. So I, I do want to applaud you on that, that you've made the forums for forums are a dangerous place in most yeah. of the world. And yeah, we, I, we monitor them very closely. <laughs> yeah, I, I've not heard much in the way of problems occurring there. I mean, I'm sure there's things that spring up, but it, the community there seems to be very happy, and you know, any, any interaction I've had there has been really positive. So I, that's awesome to, to have somewhere where people can just appreciate, you know, what they love. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the thing about comics. At the end of the day, we all love comics. It's something we can agree on. And if we build our hobby to a friendly place, more people will come in. There's no reason for somebody um, who's been around the block a long time um, to say, you don't know what you're talking about. They can be more friendly. They can say, yeah. you know, you're wrong about this, but here's why. And I'm glad you're collecting that. I think there's a lot to be said for having someone, you, I mean, you know, such so respected in the community to be so hands-on. It's what separates, 
I don't know. It's what separates CBCS from other companies. Yeah, we, we, we you know, we always wanted to be hobby friendly. Um, I never want to be out of this hobby. Even if I retire, I want to be part of the hobby. Um, like I said, the friendships I've made, uh, I, I'm blown away. Um, it, you know, I got a call yesterday. Somebody wanted to check in to see how I was doing during this time. When he's a very big collector, you know, action one, the whole bit. And um, it's just nice to hear from him. Um, and he wasn't calling about comics. He was calling just to see how I was doing. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's how we all met on this channel, this group. Our, our page is it was all guys just talking about comics, and we just got talking on other things. And, you know, I've known a lot of these guys eight to ten years just – and they're some crazy. of the better people I know. And getting through yeah. a uh, isolation, it is awesome to have friends online that you want to talk to. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's nice is 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 uh, was it FaceTimes, things like that. Um, I get on the phone with like four of my friends, and we're all talking. We're having a blast during this quarantine, and it helps us get through it. And um, you know, what is the line? Love will see you through, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Well, Steve, I'm going to say you have sold me. Like, <laughs> I will admit. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't been, trying to sell anything. <laughs> no, I know. What I'm saying is, like, I haven't been grading books for that long. Like, I've been collecting comics for most of my life and just cool. collecting them to read. And I just love comics. But getting right. more into this grading hobby part of it, maybe the last couple of years, and I kind of lean more towards the competition because my OCD likes things to match. Yes. But now in just from everything that you've been saying from yeah, the hero initiative to uh, how you treat your books to your openness and just the clarity, the free grade, like everything about CBCS is it's opening my eyes to the other option that now sure. I'm at least considering like, well, if it's going to be for PC, at least I'm going to look this way because I like what you guys are doing over there. Great. Well, reach out to me if you ever need anything. No, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm always available. And uh, I, I was I added you to my follow list on uh, Instagram while we were talking. You, oh, you should, cool, man. It, on your desk. It'll bring you to tears some days, and some days will be joy. All things are great to see when you post them. I, mean, I, I just love you. Just just when you said like you just want to show the book because it caught your eye, you just want to share it. Like that's the stuff I love too. Yeah, and I, I, I wish I had more time in the day to do it. I, 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 I look for the day when I send something in and you go, this was the book I want to post. Oh, everybody, um, <laughs> not everybody, but, you know, there's so many people that ask me, can you post my book? And I say, <laughs> you know, I don't know it's your book, first of all. It's grading is done blind because it has to be impartial. And second of all, like I said, I don't have a lot of time, so I just – you know, some book hits my desk and I say, this is cool to me. I think it'll be cool to everybody else. So let me show it off. I, I want it to be something that wows you naturally. And you go, yeah, wow. I don't know where I've seen that. Or it is just, what is it? I'm just going to write Ben across the street. <laughs> <book, send it laughs> <in. laughs> Actually, 
<laughs> Ben's gonna it. Ben's gonna get a bunch of four color and send them in with uh, your mother's yeah. name signed across to get yeah. your hopes yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Ben. Once we once we get the uh, magazine holder, you can send in your Grateful Dead comics. I almost thought of that, and I was yeah. like, "How am I gonna read them? I'll have to send you one of the sets." <laughs> yeah, when 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 uh, Jerry Weiss passed um, passed away, well, while well, he was sick, I'm sorry. Um, he sent me uh, five copies of Grateful Dead comics number one. Oh, that's fantastic. In like mint condition. And uh, what I did was I kept one because it was Jerry's. And I gave four out to friends that never had them. Good for you. And that's you know. exactly what they're for on every level from dead to the comics. Like, Ben, right. are you, you, you haven't even brought up your your CBCS book you missed out on. Oh, 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 oh Steve knows. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the audience doesn't. We've, I, yeah, I, so the, um, I mean, Steve, you can explain it better than me, the, the Jerry Garcia copies of EC books. Right, they were sold through Bonhams, which is really stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, it should have went to Heritage or Comic Link, and I would say Heritage at that point for this kind of collection, um, because they have a rock and roll memorabilia uh, part of their site, right? Um, and I actually tried to get that collection from Jerry's wife after he passed, but she wanted so much money. She thought it was, you know, she went to the price guide and looked at near mint prices where they were all like, you know, three O's, some of them were brittle. Jerry read them to death. Yeah. And that's the most beautiful part of it is that they were read and the history behind them. Oh. You're just putting a, a box. He that the what the crime suspense twenty two was a two point five, right? There was the time with that book. And what's crazy is that they forgot to mention that there was two of those books in that <laughs> lot. My friend, who's been a great hobbyist forever, worked with Christie's and stuff, was able to get that set because he found out there was two. Um, and we put from the personal collection of Jerry Garcia on the label. Uh, I, I actually that. was able to buy three of the books. They're really low grade. They're worthless. Uh, it's like MD number five in like three. I mean, I mean, I don't mean worthless. To me, they're priceless. And that's the thing. I right. almost, so I threw on the other one. It was crime. It was 22 and then another one, the bottle cover. Um, mm. And it went for a few hundred and I'm fine with a few hundred, but I need it to be a horror book. It ties better. Yeah. I or, mean, I, you know, with Jerry, he he, he enjoyed it all. Um, but Ben, I have three books. I don't need three. Even a kind of a new friend that's really cool. Uh, send me an email. Let me see if I can get you one. Oh no, brother! Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> you just melted my mind. <laughs> I got some dead shirts and CBSI stuff for you. All right. Well, we'll, right, do, we'll do a trade instead of a sale. I, tru I truly appreciate it. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll cover the, di the difference on the dead shirts. <laughs> well, and I, and I appreciate Steve spending so much time with us. I know that uh, you're up against the clock a little bit, so I yeah. don't want to take too much of it. I've got, I've got, I've got a live, live stream, Joe Russo's Almost Dead show uh, <laughs> coming up, and I'm going to be on the phone with my friends from New York. And we're going to be listening and laughing and loving and uh, just digging the music. Um, and it's been a long, long day for me. 
Um, well, I would I mean, like I, you to enjoy the end of it, man. Exactly. But I've enjoyed this so much. I mean, anytime you all want me back, I, I really, you know, um, very comfortable here. Um, it's, oh, we're glad. <laughs> we're very glad. You know, I'm still I'm still nerding out, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm nerding out too, man. That's what's fun about it, right? <laughs> it's great. It's it, it and and uh, I you know the more that we can the more we can uh, educate the community, the better we're gonna be. So let's do it. Absolutely. No. I I want to add one thing personally because my buddy Anthony L said it too. Is every once in a while you'll comment on one of our books and it makes our freaking week. <laughs> Like uh, when you when we post a book and you go, awesome, uh, us general collectors <laughs> are like sweet, really, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, oh, my buddy Anthony right. said you did a sensation thirty eight for him the other not too long ago, and he's like, oh, it's awesome. And and I know I've got two or three, and I'm like, that makes my freaking life on those. It's like Steve saw it and said sweet. <laughs> so well, yeah, that's me being a hobbyist. It's not be, me being a CBCS employee. No, it, no, and I, I love it. I love it. So we thank you for spending you know an hour and change with us. We thank you for letting us talk about one. the census and talk the dead and all the fun things you let us talk about. We sure. would love to have oh, you again. And, and once again, Ben, um, if there's some time, I can show you all my Tim Truman Grateful Dead Almanac art. <laughs> we'll have to say that for another show. Well, no, just email me, Ben, and I'll uh, I'll I'll send some photos. I will. Incredible, brother. If you if you look at the standing on the moon on the uh, Grateful Dead site, yeah, drew my, uh, Tim drew my daughter into it. Oh no! <laughs> and I just got the last one he said he's ever going to do, Saint Stephen, because it's me, of course. Wherever I, wherever he goes, the people all complain, right? <laughs> um, but, um, uh, he said he's not. He hunt, he did it because Hunter loved um, his art, and now that Hunter's gone, um, he's probably not going to do anymore. Um, and the last one, Saint Stephen, says for Robert Hunter. Oh, film, fantastic! Yeah, and I was able to get that one. Thank God. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Well, guys, listen once again. Thank you so much for everything. Um, oh, the promo code. Oh yes, you get a special promo for right? us. I mean, why don't we save your people some money? Absolutely. <laughs> right. So what you do is you go online, you fill out the submission form, you print out the submission form that you're going to send. It's going to show full prices, but you write "support the hobby," and you'll get. Uh, I think 20% off grading uh, and a quick turnaround time. Um, but once again, support the hobby. Very important that you write it on there. And then we will, re we will adjust the money that will be charging you. Down That's fantastic. That's so thank you for sharing with our viewers and listeners and everyone here. So. Yeah, just, awesome. I, I think it only goes for a month, so you have to have it postmarked before the end of the end of uh, the month. Everybody on here, get your books packed up. Come on, you got some time tonight. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, you Great. got the lead. Well, well, good luck tonight. Yeah, I, I don't need good luck tonight. I just need good luck in the morning getting up to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've been working seven days a week for a while now. Um, 
because you know we we had we had to go to a skeleton crew during this crazy time um but uh it's worth it um it's it's i, I love what i do and it's true. I, it, it definitely true well i'm glad um you, you still have that two percent of the population of co collectors that yell at me um no they're terrible i i met you once and you weren't even you hadn't even opened this the cbcs at the time you're at indycon and you were fantastic to everyone oh indycon was fantastic that was fun we're at like 30 percent of people that yell at us so. yeah so you're doing pretty good at only two yeah but i don't handle customer service so <laughs> well those people are angels so yeah they are i mean they take a lot of crap from people people oh, excuse me i just i took some ginger ale and oh man it went down the wrong pipe i'm so oh. sorry <laughs> um that, that's that's embarrassing um but uh like i said you know you guys be good to each other and anything you want please reach out to me i'm more than happy um you guys are great i can't say enough about y'all well, we appreciate you coming on and taking this time you know. thanks Enjoy your show, Steve. We thank you for sharing ours. Uh, thank you so much, guys. And, you know, if there's anything you need, like I said, please reach out. Oh, right. you know what? Um, let me give people our, our um, uh, uh, website. It's uh, cbcscomics.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just Steve Borock. That's B-O-R-O-C-K. And um, if you want to join our forums, uh, like I said, uh, you just go to our website and click on forums and come on board and have some fun. And anyone looking for that info, it'll all be on the site tomorrow, including the posting this uh, video. Wonderful. Thank Perfect. you, guys. You guys have been awesome, Steve. Thank you. All right. Well, peace and love and have a great night. Thanks, brother. Thank you.